So, our, we took our toxic trait test on Truity. Truity.com. Truity.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, it gives you a series of questions to measure your, well, what they think your toxic trait is. Because I don't mm-hmm. agree with mine, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. Um, after taking the test, I learned, according to Truity.com, that um, my toxic trait is mansplaining. Hmm. You don't say. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> I'm finished. Go ahead. Y'all should have heard her before we started recording. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it said I scored high in mansplaining. So and it also broke them down by uh, seven different categories. Entitled, arrogant, things of that nature. And each category was out of 18. And I scored a 12 on arrogant. Hmm. You look like you got something you want to say. I, I don't. Can you can you further explain what mansplaining is? It's the sense of what when a man explains something to a woman in almost like a condescending tone. Yeah. Like she can't comprehend what he's trying mm. to say. Hmm. So do you think all men mansplain? You think it's like inherent or like if you're a man, you just automatically mansplain or I feel attacked. No, no, no. It's just a, it's a common question because, like, if a female does it to a man, it's you, we don't call. No one says woman explaining because it's hard to say. <laughs> like, it is not. Mansplain is a lot easier than saying woman explaining. But no, I don't think men, all men, mansplain. Mm-hmm. Air quote that if that's even a real thing. Okay. I just think men have a way of doing stuff. A lot of us, I, I and this is just my own opinion. I think a lot of us operate in the black and white, so we speak in the black and white, opposed to sometimes women will put the um the what sometimes some extra stuff in it. Okay, like what? Like say for instance, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like- no, I'm, I'm I'm waiting for this. This uh, I feel like I'm walking into a trap. No, go ahead. Uh, but like, say for instance, um, you need gas in your car. Okay, (laughs) why is that the say for instance you need gas in your car, right? That why is this the example? I'm going to say, Tasha, I'm going to put gas in your car. Okay, and like if you was a man, you would say, Clip, I need gas in my car. Point blank to the point. That's the topic. Mm -hmm. That's the goal there. Sometimes a woman would be like, well, I got to go to work tomorrow, and then I got to stop at the grocery store, and then I did stop at the grocery store today, so I need gas in my car. Do you see the difference there? I do, but I don't see the problem. I- I'm not saying it was a problem. Oh, okay. I was just saying it was a difference. We just like to make things clear. So me saying the first? No, I see where, I see where you're going, and that's not what I mean. It was implied. It- True, but I mean, like, women, when we do it, we just want to make sure, like, you men understand every point. Like, we don't jump from A to C. We just, we tell you A, B, and then C. You Men assume we know what B is, and sometimes we don't. But Okay, but if B is really not necessary, we don't need B. Is it not necessary, or do y'all just not want us to know? Hmm? I'm not even sure who we're talking about. <laughs> I am not even sure who we're talking about. What, what did your test say? Let's just bypass. So let me just, before I go there, so women like to show their work. You know, remember in school when we had math and you got the answer, but then sometimes the teacher That's required the perfect you. perfect example. You have, so women like to show their work. And Men just it. give you the answer. Yeah, because that's the point. But sometimes, how did you get there? 
show your work. Come mm. on now. Interesting. Y'all hear that out there? <laughs> out there in the radio land or podcast land? Or Women like lands. to show their work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is great. You're Kudos. Welcome. Kudos to that. Insert I'm here all week. Here. Mm-hmm. I'll be here all week. Make sure okay. you tip your waitress. So, okay. So what did the test say? <laughs> so first of all, um, this is a safe space, right? So I, I took I took my test three times because we're not judging. The first time I was like, that can't be right. The second time it was the same answer. So then by the third time, I was like, well, I guess it might be true. Truthy was showing their work. <laughs> Definitely showed their work. So my toxic trait is entitlement. What? And out of the one out of what, 18, mm-hmm. was it one out of 18? I got like a 17. Or what? Entitlement. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So it's funny because I didn't think being entitled was a toxic trait. I just like what I like and I want what I want. And I didn't think that was like toxic. Why are you looking at me like that? He's making a face. Um, I mean, it's subjective. It It is. It is. So, um, okay. So crazy thing happened like not long ago. I had a little like, can I tell my story? Sure. Okay. So I had a little thing happening and I needed some help, but I didn't want to ask for help. Right. So (laughs) I was, I was praying and I was frustrated and I was like, God, I just don't understand like why I'm going through this. Like, why can't I get help? And I clearly heard God say, well, why don't you ask for help? And you know what my response was? Crazy idea. I shouldn't have to ask for help. And as soon as I said it, I was like, that's. That's a little bit of entitlement. Like, people should just give me help. And then in that moment, I was like, well, maybe I have a little work to do because it's not really healthy. It's not. So eventually I asked for help and I got the help. What? Look, what? <laughs> and I got, I, got, I got a little more than what I asked for. Oh, look at that work. Yeah, but it was just going through the process. And I really sat there with myself like, why should I ask for help? That's dumb. You know, the Bible say, ask, you shall receive. That's the word. Have not because you ask not. Closed mouths can't get fed. That's not the Bible, though. But I know, but it's not, it's not, <laughs> I don't know. Like <laughs> so, yeah, entitlement is my toxic trait. And I've always been spoiled. You know, I'm a daddy's girl. I've always kind of, not gotten everything that I've wanted, but I'm not, I don't know the struggle life all that well, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. A little bit, but not a whole lot. Why are you? Why are you giving me these eyes? Because first of all, it's late in the day. Oh, I see. And these my <laughs> a certain time eyes. Oh, I see. So we need to record earlier. Earlier in the day. Okay, time. got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, so let me ask you this question: You mm-hmm. think it played out in other parts of your life? Absolutely. Such as. I knew you was gonna ask me for an example. Of course. I mean, so what happened the other not long ago has always happened to me. I just never put the entitlement with it. Does that make sense? Like, I've never done that. But I've always, I can remember one time my mom said when I was younger, why do you think the world revolves around you? And I was like, because it does. And she was like, well, who, where'd you get that from? Like, girl, we didn't raise you like that. But my mom is bold. Hi, mommy. She might be listening to this. I love her. <laughs> I love her. hereditary entitlement. <laughs> it's, I don't, so I don't know if my mom is I wouldn't call her entitled because I, I don't want to speak for other people that can't defend themselves. But we are all spoiled. All the women in my immediate family are spoiled. And we didn't do that ourselves. 
you know, in my life, my line of work, I've came across. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Your I've line came of across work. a lot of women that, okay. to me, seemed entitled. Mm-hmm. I was uh, talking to this one uh, woman. This is years ago. Talking like having a conversation, or you no, were like romantic. dating, courting, oh, courting. Oh, you say were... I was courting this okay. woman. Okay, all right. And um, first of all, we get into arguments several times several times because um she felt like she didn't occupy enough of my time even though i was like you know i got other stuff to do besides you <laughs> not other stuff to do besides <laughs> i don't think that's what you meant but that's hey hey all right well that was let's, a different time let's move this story along um so one day we're out somewhere at restaurant eating or something and i was like um she said something along the lines that she should be the center of my little Cliff first Cliff universe. I was trying to combine the two. It didn't yeah, work. It's okay. And uh, that was the last day we talked. Really? Yeah. I was offended that she even said that. That she wanted to be the like, center of your yes, universe? Yes. Like, you think that highly of yourself that you can be the center of my universe. I have a whole son, mm-hmm. my own actual life, a whole Jesus, a job. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And you want to be the center, like so. My world is supposed to revolve around you. I was offended, and we stopped talking that day. Well, I'm not really mad at that. I mean, I guess it's for the better because you never want to be the center of somebody's world. Because let me tell you, that's toxic in so Worlds fall. Way too much pressure. Okay. Well, I get it from your perspective. Like for you, that is a lot of pressure for someone to feel like they're the center of your world. Yeah, I, t- I was I was extremely offended. Yeah, but the flip side for me is like I wouldn't want that because men will feel not men as in like the male species, but just like men, female per- people, humans will fail you all the time. All the time, folks. So all the time. I mean, but shout out to her because she was highly confident in herself. The audacity. She must have been all that in a bag of chips. Was she? In a mystic mango. Was she? She's a memory, so. Oh, okay. She's well. not dead, just to let y'all know. <laughs> I was going to say, well, not. <laughs> she's not a t-shirt. She's not a t-shirt. She's, just, she's not in the clouds. No. She's not in the clouds. She's not in the clouds. <laughs> she's alive and well for my, for my Noah. Oh, amen. That I know of. You think she'll listen to this? I don't know. Oh, okay. If she do, what up? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we stopped talking because I, I don't believe in that. Um, So, I feel like. I think in our community, the African-American mm-hmm. community, I feel like there's more entitled women than it is men. Because, hmm. you know, black men, we, uh, most of us, it's a struggle to be a black man in general. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then if you have a good father, most of the time their fathers are really taking care of their daughters. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't speak for all women. I know my entitlement comes from... My dad. I'm a daddy's girl. He always took care of us. And he, we didn't grow up rich. We were basically middle. I mean, we were very much middle class. But he just always instilled confidence in us. And, you know, he would say things like, even if you don't have it, never look like it. And I think that's probably where my pride comes from a little bit. Because I've had mm. some, I've had some low days, you know, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially. And no one, call it wearing a mask, call it what you want. Like, I feel like what I go through is my business and I don't need to put that on anybody else. 
Fake it till you make it. Yeah, so but that's a line. Like, where do you go from faking it till you make it, you know, to secure your own space to it being entitlement? You know what I mean? Like, where does that line come from? I don't know. Oh, okay. I have no answer. <laughs> so, uh, that's, so that's why I said, like, in the beginning, I didn't think being entitled was a toxic trait because I didn't think it bothered anybody else because, like, I'm spoiled, but I don't expect whoever I'm with. You know what I mean? Like, if I need gas in my car, I'm not going to be mad at nobody if they don't come get my car and put gas in it. Because that's my responsibility. Now, if you choose to do it, God bless your heart. Appreciate you. But I'm not going to be mad because I feel like you should. nobody owes me anything. How do you have this conversation before you start talking to someone? That I'm entitled? Or, or, or like, if you're kicking it with a guy, mm-hmm. courting, getting courted by okay. a guy. <laughs> Um, and y'all like, okay, so what are we doing next? We're about to move into an actual, like, exclusive relationship. Mm-hmm. How do you have that conversation with him? That I'm entitled? Yeah, but, like, how do you phrase it? Because I, I feel like it goes, like, based on what you was just saying, it um, it um, steps into the lines of expectations. Yeah, so for me, I think before we get to that exclusivity portion of our relationship... I um I think he would know like by our conversations and by like our day-to-day activities t- talking to me you would know oh, Tasha's Tasha's a little bit of a brat she's a little, a little spoiled bit. okay I didn't need an amen corner but yeah you know what I mean so I think if we get to that part where we're talking about being exclusive you already know what you're getting into so if he's like you know what this might be too much for me okay well this was fun and I wish you the best. Leave my money on the dressing. Really? Just saying. Uh-uh. Because I I am okay with adjusting to better me. I'm even okay with adjusting to make a situation work with, to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to change the totality of who I am to be with somebody. Because then you don't want to be with me. You want to be with someone else that I've changed to. Does that make sense? Yeah. But, but I'm not, I'm sorry, but I'm not against altering or adjusting because as humans, we all need to adjust. We're constant, constantly evolving. And I think there's a difference between evolving and adjusting to totally changing who I am. I'm not going to not be spoiled because you can't handle it. Mm. I'm listening. I, I'm just saying, cause I, I, me coming from the background that I did. I don't think I have a sense of entitlement, like an ounce. Um, so um, I'm not saying, like, I don't think it's a, it's not a bad thing, but it's not a me thing. Like, I, oftentimes you see people that are entitled that's like rich and that come from the upper class. They tend to have a sense of entitlement because mm-hmm. they're so used to getting stuff handed to them. And me being who I am, I kind of get not offended, but like, Turn my nose up, like, like really, bro? Like you ain't never had to work for or grind it out, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know how I would handle that if I felt like I was dating a girl that was like extremely entitled. But what's what extremely entitled? So it varies per person. So it, so for me, it depends. So like, there are certain things or events I won't go to unless I'm VIP. That's just me. It's not a bad thing. It's just whether I pay for a VIP ticket or whether I'm riding in with the boss. Like, that's just me. I can remember when I was younger, 
my dad is a preacher and I can remember like waiting in line and would have like the ladies in the back see me in line and say, oh yeah, elder so-and-so, Tasha, come up, you know, come up here. So I would just go to the go to the front. And then there were days where, so then once that started, then there were Sundays where I wouldn't get in line because I'd wait for my dad because I knew like if they saw my dad walk to the back, that I could just walk up with him and get the chicken. Is it right for me to walk past all the people in line? No, but also, I mean, but it is what it is. Like, So you heard it here first. <laughs> if you tease Tasha in a line, she is not having a good time. I don't mind the line, but there there are some privileges, with which comes with some sacrifices. Like, So entitlement runs parallel to privilege. And also sacrifice. Sacrifice? Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like I mentioned my boss, right? I work hard at my job. I literally work seven days a week. I work, I don't work eight hours a day. I can get a phone call right now. If, if I mean, I, I'm not near my phone, but my boss could call me right now and I would be expected to pick up. So, if there's an event that I want to go to, then yeah, it's okay for me to feel okay to go to that event because I work hard and it's a sacrifice. Unlike some people who only they punch a clock and they're Monday through Friday, nine to four or eight to five or whatever the case. So they don't get those privileges because they don't work as hard as I do. So she basically saying if you work a nine to five, you trash. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> All you fellas listening, you better get a different type of job. I am saying that I don't feel bad for the privileges that I am afforded because I work hard for them. Well, I don't, I don't think that's entitlement. So, but I expect it sometimes. That might be entitlement. That's what I'm saying, and I, I own that now. Like I understand that, and then it goes to kind of like the pride thing. Hmm. So it's a little. I think entitlement it it encompasses a few things: pride, sacrifices, privilege. I think it's all encompassing. Well, pride is you know the book says. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I feel like preaching. Okay, not grabbing your ear. <laughs> the book says pride comes before the fall. Is that in the Bible? It is. Okay. It's in Proverbs, I think. Okay. Oh, but don't quote me. Yeah, please Google don't. it. Just do that. Not okay. you, just whoever listening. Okay, we'll talk. I'm going to Google while you talk. Because okay. I want to quote the right scripture. And it says pride comes before the fall. That's what it says. And pride often ruins relationships because one doesn't want to admit that they made a mistake or one doesn't want to accept that somebody made a mistake because of pride. Like Tasha didn't want to ask for help because of her pride. And that may like, that makes the situation more stressful. Not one. Y'all heard that. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably her boss. Um, You didn't want to ask for help with the situation. So that made it more stressful because you're stressing out. Mm-hmm. About not having help when all you had to do, just look up to the sky and say, "God, I need some help, Shorty." Well, me asking, well, I wasn't asking God for help. Well, I was pr- so in that scenario, I was praying to God to send help, right? No, no. So I was praying to God, like, why was I in this situation? Blah blah blah. But there was a person that I could call for help, but I didn't want to call. There was actually two people that I could I call. Talking. Yeah, and that's what he said. He said, "Why don't you ask for help?" That's exactly what it was. And I was just like, but why should I have to? And in that moment, it was like, oh, wow, that's a problem. Like the fact that I felt like I didn't have. So for me, it's like you should know that I'm, 
you should know I need help. But then how would they know? Exactly. But in that moment, it didn't make, in that moment, it made sense to me. Like, well, just, that, just uh, offer the help. That happens all the time in relationships. Like, I don't know about now at this stage of our lives, because we're older, we're seasoned now. But you know, oftentimes when you're young, women do that, I shouldn't have to ask thing. Yeah, I've always been like that, though. Hmm. I just like to pause and say I was correct. Proverbs 16 and 18, pride goeth before destruction. So I wasn't like that read. Well, that was one translation. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's what's up. But yeah. <laughs> Listen, I've I've got some stories. We're not gonna talk about them now, where literally pride came before destruction, but that's another episode for another day. We'll get there. Y'all keep listening. Please keep listening. <laughs> um, and follow us on Instagram at no prelude podcast, all one word. Also on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I said at the top of the show, my mansplaining came with arrogance. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yikes. I personally don't feel like I'm arrogant. I know I joke sometimes about it, but I don't think. Yes, I, I put my hand up. Y'all can't see. I put my hand up. So, for you, I think there's a an air and a confidence. That could translate into arrogance. That's not like a personal problem. Okay, cool. For them, not me. Good talk. Good talk. No, <laughs> carry on. No, I was just saying I I don't think you're arrogant. Thank you. But I do think that you breed a level of confidence that is very high, that is just teetering arrogance. Because I believe in God. You you take up when you walk in a room, you take up a space. And not a bad way. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, but no, I was just I don't I don't think I don't think you're arrogant. You know, it's funny, I wasn't like that at all when I was younger. Really? I know it's surprising. I know it's surprising surprising. I, I think it came from the fact like I didn't have the newest sneakers mm. or the newest outfits. The girls weren't checking for you, boy. Different stuff. Really? I was great to say that's not the case now. Yeah, I heard the laugh. But I understand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't have the flyest gear, as we used to say when we was younger. Um, and like I said, I didn't have the new stuff. I didn't get to go to the parties or none of that kind of stuff. So I felt like that kind of shocked my confidence. Mm-hmm. Because you know everybody liked the kid with the new shoes. Or the really funny kid. I was just like an in-betweener. I just came to school, did my thing, went home. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, no. though. But uh, I joined once I went to the Army and started experiencing different cultures and different people and growing in my own self, my confidence level grew. Because one, God, you know, mm-hmm. head, not the tail. And then I just started believing in myself more. Like, I know who I am. I know what I have to offer. And if you don't want to be a part of it, in my mind, it's a loss to you. That came off extremely arrogant. Now that sounded arrogant, but I believe it wholeheartedly. Yeah, no, I'm. I don't have an issue with arrogance. I don't think arrogance is a toxic trait. I don't think con- being conceited. I think it becomes toxic when it starts affecting other people mm-hmm. in a negative way. And I, I think that's everything. Like in, yeah. even entitlement. <sighs> See, and that's what I started with. Like I didn't think entitlement was a toxic trait because my entitlement doesn't. Affect other people, I don't think. What? You you disagree? You skipped all the people in the chicken line. 
That ain't my fault. They got chicken. They, they, they was hungry. It's not like they did not eat. They ate. They but just they ate after me. Exactly. You skipped the line. Somebody got to be last. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> maybe arrogant. Maybe I'm mansplaining. Like maybe that's yeah, also part of my trait. Arrogance here. <laughs> Uh, but that's any trait, anything. Yeah. It don't become toxic to it starts to affect people in a negative way. And I, I've seen arrogance. It's in relationships to affect, affect people. Absolutely. You know, you get into an argument with your girl and you just assume that you're right. You know what I'm saying? There is no way possible that you can be wrong. Oh, listen, I've lived it. But again, y'all keep listening. You'll hear about it. <laughs> you know what's arrogant to me? I think. Kanye. Very much so. He thinks he's God. Yeah, he did call himself Jesus. Mm-hmm. I stopped listening to Kanye when he came out with that album. How do you feel about going back a little bit with Jay-Z when he did the um the Jehovah? I call it the Jehovah song. The J to maybe I should stop talking because I, I don't want to embarrass myself. But the yeah, you're ruining Jay right now. The H though, H to the Izzo, E to the Is A. Wasn't that like the Jehovah song? Well, he, his name is Hove. At the, as in the god of rap. That's my point. Like, how do I feel about that? When you compare yourself like to a god or like to God, but it's in that arena. Like, I don't think he's doing that in his actual life, but I think he's only doing that in his rap persona. But how is that different than Kanye? Or is there- Kanye doing that in his life, his regular life? Oh, I see. Like, I, I don't think. Again, this is just opinion. I don't think Jay Z's walking around calling himself a god in his like everyday life. Got it. And like I said, I mean, well, Jay Z. I I listen to rap, but I am not a rap connoisseur enough. We talking about uh, John P. Key and Hezekiah Walker? Then I can you know be in that conversation. In my Tasha voice, everybody <laughs> calm down. <laughs> but I'm not. Um. Yeah. It's so many toxic things people do. You know who does again. Not bashing, but mm-hmm. church does a lot of, uh, I think, toxic Absolutely. Things. Black church, that is, because I've never been white, nor if I've yeah. remembered the white church. So, um, I think the toxic trait in church is tradition. Mm-hmm. They spend so much time letting, I mean, holding on to tradition and not letting it go. It doesn't allow a church to evolve into modern standards. Not modern standards in the sense of, I don't believe this, this, and this. But you know how, like, you grew up in church. Girls mm-hmm. couldn't wear pants to church. Yeah. So I was going to say, I don't think there's an issue with tradition, per se, because I consider myself a little bit of traditional still. But I think there's a problem when it kind of bleeds into, um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of. Um, uh, so let me use an example. So it was, sorry, because my mind went totally blank. Um, so like you said, I couldn't wear pants growing up. I didn't wear pants until I started high school. And then even after that, I couldn't wear pants in the church Ooh, until I was a grown-up because my father, it just, whatever. Um, but in that case, it was like, um, I don't want to go to, I'm trying to think like what I want to say because I don't want to like go to whatever if that makes sense no it did okay so i don't want because i because I, I know in our other episodes we're going to be talking about some of the things i'm talking about so that's why i'm kind of hesitant to 
A touch and go, then. Touch and go. To say, okay, so I got pregnant. I was an unwed mother, is what I was trying to say. Mm. <laughs> and I was legit scrutinized, for mm. sure. I wasn't a teenage mother, but I was not married. I was not married when I got pregnant with my daughter. And I didn't understand how I love to like sing on the choir. I love to usher. I love to do everything. I couldn't do anything until after the baby was born. And I couldn't understand how that was okay. But yet there were people around that we all knew had had abortions. Like it was a known thing. It was known in our church, but it was okay for them to still like do whatever because they got rid of it. You know what I mean? So it's those type of traditions I feel like were toxic and it really did something to my esteem back then because I didn't understand it. See, that's what I'm saying. It, tradition is toxic. Yeah. They use it in a way that it can be toxic because that's, I, I personally think that's ridiculous. Yeah, almost like a dictatorship. Like some of the things that I went through, and it wasn't like horrible, but like my parents saved me from how bad it could have been, if that makes sense. Like some of the things some of the people in charge wanted me to do, my parents were like, well, no, she's she'll sit down, but she's not going to do that. Like they wanted to make me out to be like, you know, the scarlet letter A, and they wanted to me to stand up and confess my sins. Ain't no way, boy. But it's just like, but why go through that when we know – Sister so and so is sleeping with so and so's husband. You know what I mean? Like it was; these were known things in our church at the time, and for me, it just didn't make sense. And it—that's because you visibly was pregnant. I know, but sin is sin, I, and the listen, child is not a sin. I completely agree with you. Fornication is a sin. <laughs> Fornication is not <laughs> such having sex outside of marriage is a sin. What is this? We're not doing this. We're talking about toxic traits. That's why I didn't want to open that can of worms because I knew it was going to lead there. Cool. I'm it's just all- saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, that's just only one example. Yeah. And when I we was, <clears throat> excuse me, when we was thinking about the episode and then I thought about church, um, I was thinking about marriage. And you said you was married. How oftentimes the church will be like, Stay with your husband, stay with your husband, stay with your wife, stay with your wife. Yes, my wife cheated on me 632,000 times. Yes, she got pregnant three times by other people, but they like, stay with your wife, stay with your wife, stay with your wife, (laughs) stay with your wife. Yes, my husband beats me up every other night and every Tuesday, like clockwork, but they be like, stay with your husband. And I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, sometimes... For me, it's like the church cared more about the appearance of a thing yep, than the actual nature of a person. Oh, so so not to revisit, because so look, I'm just going to talk about what I know. So what I know is what it's like to be unwed and pregnant in a black church, um, because that's that's the life that I lived. And I know for me, like, it really did something to my character and to my esteem, you knowing what I went through. Like, I have no pictures of myself when I was pregnant. Not one. Really? Well, I'm like, I have one picture, but it's from the neck up. And I know I'm pregnant. But if you saw the picture, you wouldn't know I was pregnant unless I told you. That's ridiculous. Because I felt so, ash- like I was made to feel ashamed. Because I had the physical appearance. You know, I often say I stayed married longer, way long. I stayed married longer than, than I should have. have. Yeah. Oh, I said the same thing. Because it was that 
stay married, stay married. Like, God hates divorce, stay married, figure it out, work it out. But I was miserable. And he was miserable. Like, if we'd have been honest with ourselves the first time he left, because there were a few. Um, stay tuned. <laughs> just keep listening. Then we would have been much further along. But we stayed five extra years trying to figure it out and make it work for the appearance. And I'll never forget... Um, once it was over, over and done, my mother-in-law said to me, have you tried? Like, Tasha, is there anything? Like, have you tried? And now, mind you, this is five years of us being separated, back together, separated back together. Um, We both went through a lot of things. And at the end of it, when I finally had enough strength to say, I'm done, and then we went through with it, she reached out to me and was just like, is there anything? Like, she pleaded with me. And she was like, lose my number. Absolutely. Not. She's amazing. No. no. We still talk to this day. Um, so it's like there are a lot of people in church now that are married that probably Should shouldn't be. be married. But because they hold on to the tradition mm-hmm. for the sake of the institution, you okay. know what I mean? Like send your offering. <laughs> They they stay married for the sake of the institution and not for themselves, and they don't put themselves first. And I think with toxic traits, for me, the biggest thing is putting yourself first. So going back to the beginning with the whole entitlement thing, once I got over my pride, my whatever, my entitlement, whatever, I had to put Tasha first because Tasha had a need, and I knew where I could get the need fulfilled. But my pride was keeping me from doing that. So I think going back to the whole church, we have to learn how to put ourselves first because that's what God honors. God doesn't honor our, I don't want to say he doesn't honor our dishonesty, but he on, He honors our authenticity. And that's what I think, especially the black church is lacking, is authenticity. Big facts. Yeah. Yeah, write that down. If you're a pastor and you're listening. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. So before we get out of here, what do you think is the, well, not biggest, but in your opinion, the mm-hmm. worst toxic trait you can have. Like the worst toxic trait that Tasha has or just in general? In general. Oof. Uh, you put me on the spot. I can. I can answer it. I think for me, mm-hmm. the worst toxic trait somebody can carry is uh, um, conceitedness. Really? Yes. Why? Because I feel like it gives off that. I mean, that's that's like the level above arrogance. I mean, it's practically the same thing. But I feel like conceiting this is like just that. Like one I think I'm up. conceited though. But I feel like <clears throat> no. you don't think I'm conceited. No, oh, that's a shock. I think I'm conceited. You probably are, but I don't. Uh-huh. Doesn't bother me none. But I think certain times people actually. I think people sometimes when they are super conceited, they have that sense of I'm better than you mm-hmm. or they look down on people that's in the, um, excuse me, <clears throat> that's in a, will be considered lower position than them. Oh, Whether it's yeah. in life, like if you, a doctor, you're not listening to the janitor. You know, I yeah. don't like that at all. Because parents do that quite often with their kids. You feel like your kids can't tell you nothing because they only been here five, six, seven years. But you know, at the good book says, "Hey, come on, somebody, out of the mouth of babes." Okay. Hey, mm-hmm. Jesus, <laughs> that's what I say. 
<laughs> you just you know wiped yourself out. Jesus. <laughs> exactly what he says. Um, but yeah, so that's just mine. Um, yeah, Tasha trying to read this paper. <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to be quiet while she reads it <laughs> because I had a list of traits, and so so the trait I wanted to say, but I didn't want to like not be well informed with saying it. Mm-hmm. So I really want to say narcissistic. Mm. That's what I should have said, narcissism. Because I feel like, in my experience, narcissistic people project onto other people. 100%. And it causes that person's downfall. Again, y'all keep listening because tons of stories. But, better, guys. but yeah, I, I think um, where you start to project and when, if I'm the one being projected on, when I start to question my sanity and question my thought process and question my integrity and my character because of what you did, then I think that's problematic, like the worst ever. I think that happens when some level of love is connected to that person. That's true. Because like if a stranger comes to me and say, you're arrogant, sir, do I know you? (laughs) I'd be like, and I am. Thank you. (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) But if somebody like my mama or my sister said it, I'm listening then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, they say if somebody said enough, you're going to start to believe it. Mm-hmm. But again, that only comes when it's coming from somebody that you have some type of attachment to. That's it. So the moral of the story is don't be attached. That's not the moral of the story. Is it not? No, I think you need to know yourself enough. It doesn't 100%. matter who says it, no matter how many times it's being said. If you know who you are and you own it good, bad, or ugly, and then work on it, then I think it doesn't matter what the other person does, whether they're arrogant or narcissistic. If you know who you are, then you'll be able to repel their toxicity. 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 We'll it's on that, guys. <laughs> toxicity. Um, so if you to take the toxic trait test, go to over to www.trudy.com. Truity. Truity. I am so sorry. Truity. So if you would like to take the toxic trait test. You want me to say it? it? No. Can we put my church announcement voice on? No. Okay, cool. You good. I already done it now. You already did it. T-R- Go ahead, Tasha. <laughs> Go ahead. Carry on. <laughs> Carry on. So, guys, if you would like to take the toxic trait test, you can go to www.truity.com. Thank you. You're welcome. That was my church announcement. These are your weekly announcements. Govern yourself accordingly. Govern yourself accordingly. Um, so yeah, that's all we got. Thank y'all for tuning in to our first episode. Hope y'all liked it. We hope y'all did. We really we'll did. get it together next week. Well, I think we're together. Well, not next week. Good job, Tasha. <laughs> um, our next episode comes out on Valentine's Day. Or, excuse me, not on Valentine's Day, on Side Chick. Here we go. The 15th. Everybody know that Side Chick, Chai Person Day. Okay. I don't personally agree with that, but. I didn't make this up. I didn't say you Society did. Society gave it to us. Okay. So our next episode comes out that day. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure y'all follow us on Instagram at No Prelude Podcast. That's all one word. Spell it out, please. And we're also on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And um, just look up No Prelude Podcast. Yeah. Y'all can email us at NoPreludePodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can also donate to our cash app. That's NP Podcast. Mm-hmm. That's N P P O D 
C A S T. You're doing a great job. Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> She's nice now, guys. Uh, so again, thank y'all for joining us. And I'm Cliff. I'm Tasha. You got anything else? No, just see y'all um next time. Mind y'all toxic traits, man. You might not even know they're toxic. Keep them to yourself. Don't project them on anybody else. Worry about yourself. And again, you might not know they're toxic. They might be. They might be. Well, thank y'all for joining us. Bye. Goodbye.